0: Thank you Bradley for sharing with us that new song and thank you for uh, working to learn that. It's always good to learn new songs it's always good to sing old songs and familiar songs and so we're glad that we have uh, that opportunity i want you to go ahead and turn your bibles if you will to the book of luke chapter 11 luke chapter 11 and we'll meet there in just a few moments uh, i have a few announcements i want to share with you or a few things i want to bring up and share with you um if you are at all interesting uh interested i uh, want a s- disclaimer to this um What we're doing at the House of Hope, we're modeling that after what uh, the church at Crosspoint, uh, Church of Christ in Florence, uh, is doing. Uh, They have a house very similar, and the things that that we're doing are very similar to what they're doing. So if you would like to go this Friday morning uh, down to Crosspoint, uh, Ray... Uh, Ray and Janet will be taking uh, a group, uh, whoever wants to go will be leaving uh, from here from the building at seven fifteen so if you 'd like to go and, and witness what they do and see what they do so that that can help you visualize what we 're trying to do, uh, also give you an idea so that if you have the opportunity to help uh, in any way that you can see that so don 't forget about that this Friday morning at seven fifteen uh, also don 't forget on Thursday we mentioned this morning if you would like to attend the uh, apologetics press. Uh, benefit dinner uh, at the Henderson Church of Christ. That will be this Thursday. You're asked to sign the list in the foyer so that we can give them an idea of how many people will be coming. This is a great time uh, to continue to see what Apologetics Press is doing. Uh, Also to give if you would like to, but you don't have to, to enjoy a great meal together and to hear uh, a great speaker uh, I know from Apologetics Press. So if you'd like to be a part of that, um, we would like for you to just sign that list in the foyer. I want to share with you as we think about the idea of prayer a very familiar story. And this, I came across a, a different or a different slant on on this story, but it's a very familiar story. You've likely heard it before. Uh, there was a a man who was caught in a flood, and you remember the the waters were rising in that story, and he climbed to the roof of his house. And uh, one of his neighbors came by, and this man, he trusted God, and one of his neighbors came by, and they said, Listen, hey, in in a canoe, he said, Hey, hop on in, and we'll paddle off to safety. He said, No thanks. He said, I prayed to God, and God will save me. A short time later, a police boat uh, came by, and he said, Hey, hop on in, the waters are rising, and they're going to engulf your house, and you're going to drown, so hop on in, and we'll go to safety. The man replied, No thanks. I prayed to God, and I'm sure He will save me. Uh, a little time later, uh, a, a rescue helicopter came by, dropped down the rope ladder, and said, hey, the waters are about to uh, go over your house, and so climb up, and we'll take you to safety. And he said, no thanks. I prayed to God, and I'm sure He will save me. After a, a short period of time, the flood waters did engulf his house, and he drifted away, and he drowned. And as he went up to heaven... He, he wanted to speak to God, and he approached God, and he said, God, Lord, why am I here in heaven? I prayed for you to save me, and I trusted you to save me from that flood. To which, as the story goes, God said, yes, you did, my child. And I sent you a canoe, a boat, and a helicopter, but you never got in. You know, he had some trust. He cried out to God. He, in a sense, prayed, but he didn't follow through on his prayer. Prayer. Prayer is a powerful thing, isn't it? Prayer is important to the life of the child of God. But many times in life we struggle to understand prayer, or many times we struggle how to pray. But we're not alone in that. For we'll see here in Luke chapter 11, even Jesus' disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when, his, uh, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Ever been there? The disciples were. As John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any, uh, from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Someone has said, I do not believe in prayer. I believe in God, therefore I pray. And whether you agree or disagree with that statement, we all would agree and understand that the power behind prayer is in God. Charles Hodge, in his introduction of prayer, said this, Prayer is our dependence on God and our voice of faith. Our knowledge of God determines our practice of talking to God. Prayer begins with a knowledge relationship with God. We seek God, know God, trust God, obey God, focus on God. We see God and then worship. We do not worship and then see God. When they came before God, Moses trembled at Sinai. Daniel fainted and the Apostle John became as a dead man. They encountered the sovereignty of the living God. Prayer is defined by God, by our faith in God. Our prayers are our response to God. You see, he says fallen man needs a sovereign God. He has one. Lost man needs a Savior. He has one. The entire Bible has but one bit of advice for fallen man. Listen, man must humble himself before God to listen, believe, obey, and live. Therefore, prayer is not a technique. It is a relationship. Man humbles himself before his Maker. He says, Your will be done, not mine. I need You, God. I want You, God. The essence of spirituality is dependency. Knowing God changes the way we think, the way we live, the way we treat others, the way we pray. People who need God Pray. People become like the God they worship. And you see, that's where prayer begins. And that's what I want us to think about tonight. As we look at prayer, as Hodge would say, it all begins with a relationship a relationship with the Almighty, a relationship with the Father, a relationship with God. A parallel passage to Luke chapter 11 is found in Matthew chapter 6. If you'll turn there, please. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew uh, puts it a little bit differently than Luke does. Uh, Luke, you'll notice and we'll talk about this, but after he shows the model prayer, he talks about persistence. He gives several illustrations. And he talks about persistence in prayer. He talks about asking and seeking and knocking. So Jesus would record, or John would record, or Matthew would record the words of Jesus in chapter 6 beginning in verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. surely I say to you, they have their reward. Remember what Jesus said? Not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus said, do not be like the hypocrites. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, who is in the secret place, and your Father who, is in, who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father... Forgive your trespasses. Gary Holloway in his book on prayer tells a story about when he was growing up he really didn't understand much about prayer and likely most children do not. But he talks about how the only aspect of prayer or prayer that he understood was that child's prayer that many of us also has prayed. God is great. God is good. Let us thank Him for our food. Or the child's prayer that he spoke at night, that many of us also likely did when we were children. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my soul. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Followed by several requests uh, to bless family members and any other uh, requests or anything else that might be on the mind of a child. But he goes on to tell how his prayer life changed when he was 11 years old and his mother was diagnosed with cancer. Wouldn't that change your prayer life? He says, back then, if someone was diagnosed with cancer, it was almost a, a, a death sentence. And he said, suddenly, suddenly, he didn't know how to pray. He wondered, should he pray for healing? And he did. He wondered, should he pray that her suffering cease? And he did, when it was evident that she wasn't getting any better. And she lied there, lay there in intense pain. And God answered his prayer. And his mom passed. But he continued, he said, he continued to pray, not knowing what to ask for, not knowing how to cope. Many have been in these kind of situations. Maybe you have. Maybe you're in that kind of situation now, and there are likely those that you know of that are in this kind of situation. And they often think about prayer, and they often wonder, what do I pray for? And with these things in mind I want us to look at Matthew chapter 6 with uh, in light of Luke chapter 11 and observe some specifics that Jesus mentions as he taught his disciples about prayer. Jesus prayed, Our Father in heaven. We sing about it. You're a good good father. Whatever example we have as a father, I pray and I hope that you have a good example of a father. But the best example that we have as a father is the good, good father. He is God, our Father, and we can take comfort in that. He is near, He is close, He gently cares for us, He knows all of our needs. Isn't that awesome? But at the same time, He is in heaven, He is God, He is not human. He is the all-powerful ruler of the universe. He is holy, but He has also called us to be holy. Relationship. His ways are not our ways, and we cannot control Him. By addressing Him as Father, we come before Him boldly. But we also humble ourselves before Him, acknowledging Him as who He is, and acknowledging ourselves as who we truly are. Jesus said, our Father in heaven. He addressed God as who He is. And so should we. Jesus prayed, our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. We hold this great God, our good, good Father, the sovereign being of the world, in reverence. Though we also draw close to God in prayer, we bow before Him in our whole life. Relationship. It begins with a relationship with God. Our prayer life does. In all that we do, we show respect for God. And isn't that as parents what we want of our children as they grow up? Do we not want them as they go out into the world to show respect for us as their parents? Them as representatives of who we are and our household. Isn't that what we want for them? And God is the same. And Jesus showed us that example when He prayed, Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be Your name. Let us be careful though that we never take that name in vain. Because it is a hallowed and holy name. One commentator said this of hallowing the name of God, that is, may Your name our reputation through the way that we live and through who You are and what You have done be thought of and acknowledged as holy. Adoration comes first, and that is precisely how Jesus starts. Jesus teaches us that we are to pray first and foremost, Well, we so often don't pray maybe, that God's name would be regarded by all people as holy. You see, God has revealed Himself to us by name. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our respect. Remember Moses at the burning bush? You remember when he asked of God, asked of the name of God, and God gave it to him? Do you remember what God said? God said, you tell the people, I am has sent you. You see, when we go to our Father in heaven. He is the I Am. The sovereign God and His name is to be hallowed and it is holy. Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Jesus asked for the fulfillment of the coming kingdom. And we know that fulfillment was given through Christ in the church of the New Testament. But as someone also reminded, but the ultimate rule of God, God's ultimate kingdom, will not be re- revealed or not be realized until the end of time when we all come into the kingdom of heaven, those that are his children. So, do we pray for the kingdom? Do we pray for the church? If not, why not? Because we should. Jesus set that as as an example. It should be a regular part of our prayer life to honor God who He is, to respect God as who He is, but to pray about the kingdom. To pray about the church. Do we pray about the coming kingdom of heaven? Our ultimate dwelling place? We should pray always with eternity in our minds and in our hearts. Pray that God will use us to lead others to His kingdom on earth, the New Testament church, through Christ, so that we can also, and they they can also be with us in the kingdom of heaven. Do we pray for that? Jesus prayed for the kingdom. Jesus prayed. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For God to reign in our lives, we must be one with His will. God's will is done in heaven. And Jesus prayed that it will be done on earth. Remember that awesome scene in the book of Revelation chapter 4? The four living creatures, and all present, they worship God. They are accomplishing His will. They bow down and they do not rest day or night saying this, Revelation 4 and verse 8, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. That's respecting God for who He is. That's acknowledging God for who He is. And His will is being done in heaven. And Jesus prays that His will will be done on earth. Also in chapter 4 and verse 11, the 24 elders, they bow down and they say, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For You created all things and by Your will they exist and were created. Someone has said, of all the petitions in the Lord's Prayer, this one is the hardest for most of us to pray. It's the hardest because we fail to understand it or its full implications. But it's also hard because we are so concerned with ourselves and our little kingdoms. Further, we are concerned with our own name and our reputation more than with God's name and God's reputation. But here Jesus corrects our self-centered prayers with His God-centered one, reminding us of what we ought to ask for. First. Jesus prayed our Father as an example, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. We ask God for the physical needs of life. But we do not become overly concerned with the physical needs and make them the ultimate priority. You see, Jesus would deal with that later in chapter 6. He would give examples of the birds of the field and of the air and the lilies of the field. And God takes care of them, he says. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness relationship. But it doesn't mean that we neither neglect seeking God for those provisions either. You know, there's a lot of people that they sit down at meal after meal after meal seemingly taking for granted the very meal that they've been provided. You see, Jesus reminds us to be thankful for the necessities of life. To pray for the necessities of life. You know it was amazing? As we were down in Florida on our mission trip, Dustin would always lead us in a devotional at night and give the young people an opportunity to speak. Several times those young people said, as a result of the trip of being there and uh, being around people who had less, would say, I'm reminded of how selfish I can be. And I'm reminded of how blessed I really am. We've heard that from others that have come back from foreign missions. And Jesus says, pray about your daily needs. Being thankful for them, realizing who provides those needs. Someone has said, daily implies Christians should not hoard their resources, relying on their wealth instead of God. Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray and things to pray for, said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As we pray our Father in heaven, who is a holy God, we cannot pray without a sense of our own sin. We pray asking God to forgive us of our debts, to forgive us of our sins. Here, sin is spoken of as a huge debt that we cannot pay. Because we have been forgiven, we also forgive, right? Someone has said, this doesn't mean that forgiving others earns our forgiveness. But that forgiveness of others should be such a feature of our lives that it's a given fact. In other words, we live in such a way, we forgive in such a way that people know God forgives. One commentator also put it this way, Jesus assumes that if we're asking for divine forgiveness, we have already been in the business of forgiving the little debts of even our biggest debtors. Jesus, in His example, prayed, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The final request of this prayer is for God to overcome evil. I like the way one person put it. They said, the unbelievable degree of cruelty we see in the world and the inward knowledge of the depths of our own selfishness confirm what Jesus said, the evil one is close and powerful. You see, we come to church, right? We come to church and we come to Bible study and we do youth group things and we we do fellowship things and we do all kinds of other things to encourage one another, to build each other up, to challenge one another, to realize Satan is close and Satan is powerful. And yet, and yet, don't we sometimes still fall? Jesus warns of the power of, of the evil one, but praise be to God that he is more powerful. And we as his children can pray, asking him to help us to overcome the tricks and temptations the evil one sends our way. At the same time, we need to be aware that Satan's of Satan's power and not be overconfident when facing him. Do you remember what Paul would remind the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or chapter 10, verses 12 and following? Therefore, Paul writes, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. Amen? Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. Hallelujah! That you may be able to bear it. He would also remind the church at Ephesus and those Christians how to overcome the evil one by submitting to God and putting on God's armor. Seeking the help of God to overcome the evil one. We can't do it by ourselves. We must trust God for guidance and deliverance. We must pray about our temptations and ask help For ever. Amen. In his book on prayer, Gary Holloway writes this, The Lord's Prayer is essentially a kingdom prayer. A prayer for subjects in God's kingdom. Our King in heaven is also our Father. We pray He will continue to reveal Himself on earth so all humanity will reverence His name. We pray His rule will grow on the earth until the day when all here serve Him as completely as the angels in heaven do now. We recognize that in Christ, the kingdom and rule of God have already broken into our world. And we pledge to live our lives under His rule. His kingdom is here, but Satan's influence is still with us. So we need God's power in our earthly walk. We pray for our earthly bread, anticipating the heavenly feast. We pray for forgiveness and the strength to forgive. We pray for escape from trial and power to overcome the evil one. We pray for the day when He rules over all, when every knee bows before Him. In this way, the Lord's Prayer is a model for all Christian prayer. We do more than simply pray these words or make similar petitions to God. All our prayers are like the Lord's prayer because we are citizens of His kingdom. All our prayers must have this same sense of anticipation that the kingdom of this world has become, is becoming, and will become the kingdom of our Lord and Christ. C.S. Lewis was the author of a widely read children's book, The Narnia Chronicles, as well as many novels for grown-ups and books on issues surrounding the Christian faith. The, in the movie, The Shadowlands, uh, produced in 1993, tells Lewis's story, focusing in particular on his relationship with his wife, Joy Grisham. Grisham and Lewis meet while Lewis is at Oxford University. After Joy is diagnosed with cancer, the couple marry. The movie invites us to witness their love, their pain, their grief, their struggles with faith in God. Eventually, Joy dies. At one point in the story, a friend says to Lewis, Christopher can scoff. Jack, but I I know how hard you've been praying, and now God is answering your prayers. Lewis replies, That's not why I pray, Harry. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time. Waking and sleeping, it doesn't change God. It changes me. So how about us in our prayer life? Jesus gave us an awesome example to follow. To acknowledge God as who He is and who we are. To hallow His great and holy name. To ask for forgiveness. And even ask that God help us forgive others. To pray about our daily physical needs and be thankful that God provides for those needs. To pray for the church. To pray for the kingdom. To pray for that ultimate kingdom of our ultimate dwelling place, heaven. Prayer. Prayer is powerful because God is behind it. Because we have a relationship god and folks that makes all the difference tonight do you walk with the lord you know let me say this i didn't plan to say this but let me say this at the end of talks as is our tradition we offer the invitation And maybe sometimes we get ready to sing that song and, and, and maybe we think we, we don't think through it, we think about what we're going to do, but here's the plea every time God's Word is taught. Yes, I understand it's a tradition, but, but here's one of the most important things. As we talk about prayer, as we talk about a good, good Father, as we talk about things like we did this morning, and as we do in our Bible classes, our plea through all of that, is that people will give their life to Jesus. So God can add you to the church. Will you do that tonight if you've not done that? You see, it's not about me. We established that this morning. It's not even really about this lesson. It's about you starting a relationship with Almighty God, the sovereign God of the world through Jesus Christ. Will you do that? Are you ready to do that? Has God's Word pricked your heart? And you're ready to make Him your Lord and Savior through faith and obedience and being buried with Jesus Christ in baptism to rise in newness of life. We plead with you. We ask that you will do that tonight. Maybe you're here tonight. And as I mentioned this morning, what an opportunity we have. You know, our time is about up. You may be thinking about where you're going to eat or what you're going to do. But let's not forget who we are. And let's not forget, we are children of God and God cares about you and so does His church. Do you have a need to respond tonight? It's our prayer that you will not wait another moment, but come forward and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.